This is a podcast of the Church of Indian Lake. Well, we're starting a new series today called Process and Experience. I've been thinking about this for quite some time, and so over the next few weeks, I look forward to sharing with you how what some would consider competing categories and duplicate kind of, not, or not duplicate, but uh, com- competing is a good way to put that, categories that they combined really, really mean something. And so as we think about process, I want you to think about over here to your right, process are some of the things that are really important for our development spiritually. Our devotional life, we're people of weekly worship, so we, we go to worship on a regular basis. Um, our code of conduct, we, we want to increase in morality, we want to increase in holiness. Other things that really matter, like being a steward of the environment, that's an important thing because God's given us stewardship of the earth. We want to be conservationists. We want to serve our planet and our earth well. We, we want to be uh, people who care about the development of our community. And so life is a process. Life is a process, and we continually um, put in the discipline, and we, we put in the systems that help us to succeed. But to your left, I want this to kind of symbolize in your mind experience when the divine breaks into the natural. This idea that God is not distant, some kind of static, this deistic God, as some of our founding fathers said, the clockmaker who just kind of makes the clock and just stands off at a distance. No, God is active. And the divine wants to break in. And so it is that, that we do have miracles and healings. And we do believe in the coming of Christ again. These are things that are outside of the natural senses. They're not natural, they're supernatural. And there is this duplicity that exists that should not, that we think it's one or the other. It's either over here it's, it's a discipline and over here it's faith. And you can't have both. Over here are habits and over here are miracles. Over here is process and over here is experience. And I believe that proper teaching of the scripture brings those together. So here's a mission statement. It's not a mission statement. It's a a statement. It's in your bulletin, a purpose statement for the series. And it's this. We are a people of process open to God experiences. So we don't have to belittle one or the other. We are people of discipline, of habits. We're people of tradition. Uh, We're a people of, of formation. But simultaneously, we believe that God is active with his people today. And the divine wants to break in. God wants to break in in places. And I want those of you who are very, very disciplined, systematic people, I I hope that your hearts would just open and you would begin to see that God can do something in your life and bring an experience that maybe you've never had or you haven't had in a long time. 
And I pray that for you miracle chasers who are always just looking for the next adrenaline rush and the next, the next man-produced revival, that you would get systems in your life and that you would develop a daily prayer life and a daily Bible reading and we would be that consistent people. Are you with me? Does this make sense now? Process and experience. I want you to turn to Genesis chapter one and let's stand together, for those of us who can, to, to read the scripture. I don't know what page number it is in the Bibles we provide, but I know this, it's Genesis 1-1, so get past the introductions and it's at the beginning. Genesis chapter one, verse one. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Verse two, now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the surface of the watery depths. And the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light and darkness. God called the light day, and he called the darkness night. Now, here at the end of verse five, evening came and then morning the first day. Then God said, let there be an expanse between the waters separating water from water. So God made the expanse and separated the water under the expanse from the water above the expanse, and it was so. And God called the expanse sky. Here at the end of verse eight, evening came and then morning the second day. Skim down to verse 13 if you can. Evening came, and then morning came the third day. Look down to verse 19. Evening came, and then morning the fourth day. Verse 23. Evening came, and then morning came the fifth day. And then the sixth day came, verse 31. God saw all that he made, and it was very good. Evening, and then morning came the sixth day. Go to chapter two, verse two. By the seventh day, God completed his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. Evening and morning the first day, evening and morning the fourth day, evening and morning the seventh day, and it hasn't stopped since then. What day are we on? God only knows. God only knows. But there's been evening and there's been morning. Let's pray. God, open our hearts. As the statement I wrote at the beginning of the review says, we are people of process because you're a God of process. But Lord, you're also a God of experience. So make us people of experience. We love you and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Well, today's message is, and we're already right in the middle of it, the God of process. Next week, we'll talk about the God of experience. It's family Sunday next week, so just be prepared to worship with your children, kindergarten and above. The God of process, that's who our God is. And I read Genesis 1 and the various verses and into chapter 2, verse 2, because I wanted you to feel something that you know is part of your life already. Fill rhythm, that's our first observation. That God is a God of rhythm. And so it is that, that following Pastor Deborah's great scientific lesson in the introduction of her sermon last week is that he has created our earth so well. 
So there's 24 hours in a day. And there's seven days in a week. There's a rhythm. And there's 52 weeks in a year. And year after year after year goes by. And so we are in a certain type of rhythm. And I want you to understand this because this helps us understand how God works. We are a people and we're part of a creation. We're part of a cosmos even that has a cadence. It has a flow. It has a pattern. It has a tempo. And I'm thinking about that when I think about our high school graduates this weekend. We had several high school graduates in our church and I know you know a lot of high school graduates and they're probably not gonna be around too much today because they're doing their parties and all that type of stuff. I'm proud of our graduates, but here's part of the rhythm of life. You know, we had high school graduates last year and guess what? About mid-May next year, we're gonna have high school graduates again. And 10 years from now, we're gonna have high school graduates and most likely, unless there's some kind of complete collapse of our education system, 80 years from now, we're gonna have high school graduates. And 22 years ago, this month, I was a high school graduate. And I remember clearly, clearly, I remember after my graduation, um, first of all, I hung out with my friends as long as I could. <coughs> and then at my grandmother's house, there was waiting for me a graduation reception. Of course, none of my friends were there. It was all my parents' friends. And I showed up, and at this high school graduation 22 years ago, I remember it clearly. There was a sheet cake from the grocery store, and there were plastic uh, paper plates that said, congratulations, and there was some really tasty punch with Sprite and a mysterious juice. This is how we celebrate a high school graduation. And this afternoon, I know of at least two graduates in this church that I've been invited to their home because this afternoon, I'm gonna go to their home and there's gonna be a sheet cake from a local store and there's gonna be paper product with congratulations on it and there's gonna be a really tasty punch with Sprite and something else. And it's just the rhythm, right? Three years from now, my first baby, my baby girl is going to graduate from high school. I'm speaking this prophetically. You will graduate from high school. You will study this afternoon and do that. I've, I've really got lucky with this kid. I haven't had to think one bit about her academic career. But that is what is going to happen because why? It's because we're in a rhythm and life is a rhythm. And I want you to understand that God moves in a rhythm. He's even, he's orientated, uh, as we heard so well last week, even the planets itself and the way we function. But even he's orientated our, our social life, uh, the way we are as a culture, that we're in a rhythm. And when you understand that rhythm, and you understand that God's a God of rhythm, it's really going to help you it's really gonna help you see that changes are good and changes are needed. Changes are sometimes hard because I don't know about you, I, I wish I could put the pause button on in certain eras of my life and other eras of my life I wish I could fast forward to, but God's in a God of rhythm. Do you know some of you haven't critically thought about the own rhythm in your life 
And if you think about it, do you know that there is times in the year that you may experience more challenges emotionally and, and, and you may be more sad than at other times of the year? Uh, there's other times where you may be more challenged to sin than other times of the year. For some, maybe summer's that way. Summer's our time. It's our free time. It's a time for us not to be disciplined. It's a time for us just to do whatever we want to. And if we're not aware that we're in a certain rhythm, then we begin to blame God for things that are just the natural rhythm of life. And I want you to understand this, that God has certain rhythms in life and we need to accept those and embrace those because he's working within those. A lot of times we get irritated with God because some things keep reoccurring or we think time's going too fast or whatever the case may be. And we fail to see from perspective, this is just the rhythm of life. And as people of eternity, we don't have to stress out about time lost because when we find Jesus, eternity starts right now. We are not scared of not having every experience in this world because we have all of eternity to experience everything we need to. I don't need a bucket list because I have a God who has my eternity and he has everything I need. So life goes on. And guys, life is gonna go on because God's a God of process. Life is going to progress. Life is going to change. And that is the rhythm of life. So staying with this whole graduation theme, let's, let's just stay there because a lot of us have had some kind of academic orientation and we understand that, that when graduation comes, it just doesn't come automatically. Think about this for our high school graduates. I know some of you are having college graduation or you're working towards that. On those very cold winter days when the bed is so comfortable, and you just want to sleep in, but instead you get out of bed and you get dressed and you get to class, there's a reason you're doing that because you're sowing some seed. Uh, you're making an investment. I think we can relate to that. The Bible talks a lot about sowing seed because the Bible was talking to a lot of farmers. Most people were farmers back then. We now in the information age, we, we are investors. We invest our time. We invest our money. We invest our intention. We invest our entertainment. And so whatever we invest in, getting out of bed in the morning and going to school, you're investing, you're investing in your education. When you decide to not watch the next episode on Netflix, but instead read or study, you are investing in yourself. And you can apply this to your home when you decide that instead of Instead of doing what you prefer, watching more sports, you're gonna go and you're gonna invest in your garden. You're gonna invest in organizing the closet. You're, you're gonna invest in something. And, and this is the way of the kingdom. Now, I want you to see something here. God is not just only a God of process. God is a God who deals with something called reaping. Reaping. It's a word we're not as familiar with, but the word reaping means to get a return or to get a result. It, we could almost maybe think about this as when interest accrues in our retirement account. Or with the graduation theme, reaping is when you get the diploma. You've done 13 years of academic work 
and you've done the requirements, even when you didn't understand their requirements or agree with the requirements or didn't think they made sense, you've done what the system asked you to, and they're gonna recognize what you've done by handing you a diploma at graduation. That is reaping. You're getting the results of choices you made. You're getting the fruit of decisions that you made. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse four says this, the one who watches the wind will not sow. And the one who looks at the clouds will not reap. That's a real fancy way to say people who don't get to work don't get it done. In the language of our Southern vernacular, that scripture is talking about those, you know, with, who perpetually have the look of a deer caught in the headlights and aren't actually moving and getting stuff done, they're not going to reap anything. Okay, so there's a biblical principle that you reap what you sow. In our language, you get a return for what you invest in. Whatever you invest in, that's what you get a return. Whatever you plant, you get that fruit in your life. This is the way God has operated even from before sin entered the world in the Garden of Eden when he asked Adam and Eve to cultivate the garden. How many know that was work? That meant planting the right seed, that meant investing in the right thing, that meant orientating their life around productivity. So it is that this applies in the issue that really matters. You know, I'm not a motivational speaker uh, here on Sunday mornings. If you wanna pay me a lot of money for your corporation, I'll be glad to be a motivational speaker there. But uh, my, my main concern here is not just motivational speaking, it's, it's the issue of sin. And let's just talk about the real issue. Because the real issue is our sin, our lack of holiness, our lack of obedience to God. In Galatians chapter six, starting with verse seven, this, this scripture convicts me every time I read it. I've, I've read it dozens and dozens of times. Don't be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he will also reap. Now, if that's not self-explanatory, the scripture goes on and just makes it real obvious. The one who sows to his flesh will reap corruption from the flesh, but the one who sows to the spirit will reap eternal life from the spirit. So we must not get tired of doing what is good, for we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Now, guys, I want to talk to you Christians because this is, I believe, my, and I know this from the interpretation of Scripture, this is not necessarily talking about our eternal status, whether we're in heaven or not, because we'll see from Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 later on, that's completely on Jesus. But I want to talk about your spiritual vitality, your spiritual life, your devotion to God your passion for the word of God, your passion for the church, your passion for the things of God. And according to this scripture, I, I want you to hear me clear. I don't know how close you are to God this morning, but I do know this. If you're a Christian, you're as close to God as you wanna be. That's what that scripture says. You're as close to God as you want to be. Now, in the midst of my graduation reception tour this afternoon, uh, I'd like to see uh, the Clippers and Rockets play a little bit. It's game seven, it's gonna be a good game. And, I, and I hopefully I'll get to watch a little bit of the game. And there's nothing wrong with me watching the basketball game this afternoon. It's a hobby, it's a recreation. Uh, it's, there's nothing evil about it, all that. But how many know that if I chose 
to use that time to pray, then I would be more in tune with the spirit most likely. That just makes sense, doesn't it? So here's the point is, we get the fruit of our life for what we invest in. Whatever you, this is a gift from God, guys. This is a gift from God. And this is incredible. That means the choices you make today determine who you're gonna be tomorrow. This is an incredible gift from God. And so here's what I wanna challenge you because I love you. And I just wanna be straight up with you. I don't wanna tickle your ears this morning. Quit blaming God for the bad decisions you've made. Some of you are irritated with God and you're mad at God because you're living over here saying, I just need a miracle, I need a miracle, I need a miracle. And God is saying, think about the process. You have sown bad seed and you've invested in bad places and you've made immature decisions and now you are reaping the fruit of that. Now here's the great thing about God. God's so loving that even if you've done that, because I've done that a lot, he often still comes through with a miracle. He often does that. But how many know that I don't want God to always be bailing me out because I'm making dumb decisions? I'd rather have a miracle for the lost. I'd rather have a miracle for those who are already sick. I'd rather grab a miracle for someone else I love. God, help me get the process right in my life so my faith is not always trying to cover my mistakes. I want my faith to activate for those who don't have faith. But if I'm always concerned and trying to get God to cover my bad decisions, how can I have faith for someone else? This is why it is so important that we understand that we are the fruit of our decisions. It's a gift God has given us when it comes to spiritual vitality. This happens in the area of finances too. A very important scripture in 2 Corinthians 9, 6 for those of you who are givers. This is contextually uh, specifically speaking to those who give financially. It says, remember this, the person who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. And the person who sows generously will also reap generously. I just want you to know about that scripture because I've lived that scripture in my life. I, I've lived under supernatural financial blessing uh, because I learned how to sow financial gifts early on. Relationally though, look at this, James 3.8. This is incredible. James 3.18 peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. Isn't that a powerful scripture? We don't, we don't, in the circles that I run and the teaching I've been exposed to, I've not heard this scripture a whole lot. Uh, we begin to sow seeds of relationships or invest relationally. And when you invest in peace, you bring peace to other people's lives. You bring harmony, you bring unity. Righteousness is gonna come into your life. And God will do that. God is about process because he's about, here's the third point, formation. He's about forming us. And I want you to see that too. A lot of us have erroneously believed that our spiritual life is only about do we get into heaven or not? Heaven or hell, in or out. Jesus settles that. Jesus settles that because he was our substitute. He paid the price for our sin. Now, God wants to form Christ in you. God is forming you. God is forming you into the person he wants you to be. This started with us as his creation in the beginning. You can read later uh, Genesis uh, chapter, chapter two, verse seven and eight, but for the sake of time, that's talking about God forming us. Let's go to Galatians 4.19. Galatians 4.19. My children, 
I am, again, suffering labor pains for you until Christ is formed in you. So the same God who took the He took the dirt or clay out of the ground and formed mankind is now forming us a different way. I mean, we're now in the process of life and death, the process of generation upon generation, but there's a new process going on. That's a process process of spiritual formations. That's one of the reasons why in our 242 242 groups this semester that we're kind of challenging you guys on spiritual formation. We gave a really hard book for our leaders to go through, but it's my favorite book called Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. Tonight, many of our groups are gonna look at the discipline of meditation. Why is this? Because we want Christ to be formed in you. And Christ being formed to you in you is not always the miracle. I would love it. I would love it if I could find this like spiritual guru to lay hands and pray for me and then from that point on, I'd be Christ-like. Wouldn't that be awesome? I bet that would fill up stadiums. I bet that would make uh, for a great TV ministry if there was this powerful preacher who could just you know, kind of wave over the crowd or lay hands on people and Christ would be formed in us. Wouldn't that be great? But it doesn't work that way. God is a God of process. God is a God who has given us the gift of sowing and reaping. And it's we are as close to God as we wanna be. And, and we have great, great, opportunity to invest in the things that really matter. And Satan wants to distract us. Satan wants to keep us from what's best. Satan wants us to have dull minds and distant hearts. He wants us to entertain ourselves into just being walking Christian zombies. But God's saying he wants to form Christ in us. He wants to form Christ through our decisions. He wants to form Christ through all the process because God is a God who has worked through process. Ephesians 2.10, I referenced this earlier. 8 and 9 talks about salvation by grace. We read the scripture a lot, but we need to be reminded. So verse 8 and 9, if you remember, talks about grace. But look, verse 10 gives us the reason we are saved. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Child of God, you ought to be doing good things for God. Period. You ought to be fruitful. I say that not to your shame. I say that to call you to a higher standard. This issue of salvation that's settled because of Jesus, now the enemy wants to make you ineffective and unfruitful, but God wants you to be fruitful. God wants you to be fruitful for the things of God. And that can happen in you. Why? Because you're God's workmanship. He is chiseling away the things that don't belong to him. He, he, is, he is cutting out the things that, are ugly in our life are the things that aren't for his glory. And that's a good thing for us to be his workmanship, to be everything he's called us to be. For the last 10 years, I've been doing something every morning at their school in Sumner County that I've been in town or didn't have a conflict. For the last 10 years, I've been taking one of my children to this same elementary school. It started with Abby. She's a freshman in high school now. And then to Luke, this is Witten Elementary School. It's right behind Sam's, just maybe two miles from here. And now Lincoln, my youngest, my baby, is a fifth grader. So guess what? There's only four more trips to Witten Elementary School. That's it. You know, and it's been the same crossing guard all these years. And it's been a lot of the same teachers. And I'm really comfortable. In fact, my car kind of automatically goes that way about seven o'clock in the morning. 
But that, that's going to end this week. That's going to end. And it's sad a little bit, but yet it's exciting because I'm glad my kids graduated fifth grade. Praise God for that. But you know, it's probably not going to be healthy or beneficial for me to drive to the elementary school next August and September. In fact, it might be kind of creepy. Blue Tucson, 40-year-old white male, here again with no children. Why? Because that season's over. And I'm a little bit sad, but I've just determined that, you know, us parents, all of us parents in our 30s and 40s, you know, we all look at each other, it's so sad, isn't it so sad? We get it. We, we just, we just gotta, we gotta move forward, don't we? We gotta move forward because it's a new season. God's a God of rhythm and it's a new season. And seasons change and every season has a beauty. It has a distinction, it has a beauty. That's the last thing I wanna talk about today. And, and honestly, all my preaching up to now, th- this is where I really feel like God wants to speak to us this morning. Back to Genesis chapter one, you can read it later, verse 14 and 15, God made the seasons. God made the seasons. It's hard to know if you live in California, California, Florida, or Texas. You you know, the season in Texas is hot, and Florida is hot all the time. But now that we're in a climate with four seasons, we see the four distinctions, and we see even the purpose in creation. And Daniel had a revelation from God in chapter two. Daniel chapter two, and he he had a revelation from God. And it says this, verse 19, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision at the night. And Daniel praised the God of heaven and declared, may the name of God be praised forever and ever for wisdom and power belong to him. That's a great statement, is it not? Now look at this. He changes the times and seasons. He removes kings and established kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. I want you to see verse 21 here. This sovereign God that we serve changes the times and seasons. And I want you to know, we serve a God, a process who works within the seasons of nature, but he also works within the seasons of our life. Guys, there are different seasons of our lives, but there's the same God who's a God of every season. Some of us are mourning because we don't want to leave the season we've been in. Some of us are irritated, are mad because we don't like the season that we're in. Can I just let you know God is a God of your season. God has a purpose in your season. And this is what Psalm chapter one says. It's just a scripture that will encourage you. Blessed, that word really means happy. This is Psalm chapter one. Blessed or happy is the man or woman who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinner, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. That's talking about process, is it not? A process of being a child of God, walking the ways of God. And this is what you're gonna be like when you're a person of process, because we serve a God of process. You're gonna be like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. I put that, I underlined those words so you could see it. It could jump off the screen. It yields fruit in season. Its leaves does not wither. And all that he and all that she does, he or she prospers. 
This is what happens with people of process because people of process have roots and people of process have roots that go down deep. And no matter what the storm is, no matter what the environment is, no matter what the conditions are, you're going to prosper in God. You're going to prosper in God. It may not be the way you want to prosper or the way you imagined you'd prosper, but you've got to understand that God always wants you to be fruitful in him. And I, I, I call you to fruitfulness. I call you to fruitfulness. I want you to lay down your excuses. Quit blaming God for your lack of fruitfulness. And listen to me, quit blaming others. I am very sympathetic to your pain. I am. I understand that that in my natural man, I cannot understand the pain that you've been in. And I would, I would be immature and it would just be inappropriate for me to belittle your pain. But I want to speak to you. I want to speak to you as one who is speaking the word of the Lord here. And to say that, be fruitful in whatever season that you're in. Be fruitful in whatever season you're in. And God has a plan for that season. God's in the middle of your season. God hasn't forgotten you in your season. God hasn't abandoned you in your season. And for some of you, that he's trying to move you into a new season of your life, but you, you have just dug your heels in and you're too stubborn to move forward. You're not moving forward in the Lord. And the Lord says, I have something new for you today. For others of us, others of us, we just feel stuck uh, and, and maybe we just need the power of the Lord to help us transition to where he wants us to be. Can we stand together? We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. And this is, this is as, I, as I prayed this week, this, this whole concept of seasons, I haven't been able to shake it. And the Lord wants to speak to you about your season today. And the Lord wants to speak to you about your season. And we're going to open the table of the Lord. And, and we're going to have time to respond to God. On this particular Sunday, if you're visiting with us, I won't give further instructions about communion. You're not required to take it, but you're welcome to take it. And you can take the bread and cup and take it individually. Or you can take it with a friend or a loved one. Or you can just not take it at all. We just ask that you'd be a born-again Christian, a believer, before you do that. You don't have to be part of this church, but you have to be someone who believes fully in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. And so we're going to have a chance to respond to the Lord here today, and I want to pray for you specifically today. I want to ask Pastor Matt and, and Pastor Deborah and some of our other prayer parts to go towards the back there. Thank you for listening to the podcast of The Church of Indian Lake. 